This morning, um, God hasn't just been orchestrating things in this service. Well, first of all, I was wrong. Last week I said I was done with my Advent series. I was wrong. But this morning, um, you know, as I was spending time, we've been going through Advent, just kind of preparing ourselves for Christmas. Uh, and we, we've been through a series that basically talked about Advent and in the reality that Jesus was was coming, the Word was being made flesh in this world. We had to get ready for what God was doing just to think about the reality of this moment. And then we talked about making room for the gift that God wanted to give us. And the kids talked about all the gifts. And last week we talked about the incarnation that is yours and mine. That's the Word of God that's made flesh and made His dwelling among us. Those words, those promises, those things that God has been speaking, that you've been waiting to be fulfilled, that God was bringing about. Well, as I prepared for this morning, there were a couple verses that came up in, in Bible study that really stuck in my heart. But I'll be honest, transparent pastor moment. Sometimes I come home and I tease my wife. <laughs> and I say, hey, you want to preach for me this week? I'm tired. <laughs> and I always get, nope, that's your job, not mine. <laughs> so this week and on Tuesday, I came home and, and Tim says, do you know what you're preaching about yet? I said, yep. Do you know what you're preaching about yet? She said, nope. I said, well, there, there's one spot that God's had me. And she said, well, the only thing that I would ever talk about, there was only one idea that I had. And, and she pulled up her phone and showed me these notes. And I said, you'll never guess the verses that God had in my life. And she said, nope. She said, you're making it up. And I said, Luke 2.19, Luke 2.51, you go look them up. And she began to look him up and she realized that God was speaking the same thing to me that he had spoken to her. And so this morning, we're going to do something that I've never done before. And my wife and I are going to preach a sermon together. Because God was speaking this to both of our hearts. Now, I'll let her give her perspective on the story because we all know that we all have different perspectives. So you can go. Talk about what God did. Okay, so it is kind of a little bit similar. Um, so he did a little come... <laughs> bit similar. <laughs> so he did come in from uh, I don't know church or whatever on Tuesday and ended up saying you know something about oh you know like it's kind of a running joke if I ask him about a sermon he will respond with oh what are you preaching about kind of thing or whatever. So he did come in and say that and then it was pretty much just like I think you said it first. I think he said, I'm preaching on whatever, or whatever had this idea. Anyway, so he told me the verses, and I did mention that the only thing I had ever had was even just from like, it was like a, a year ago, honestly. It was probably about Christmas time a year ago um, that I had written something in my notes on my iPad, and then I transferred it into my email so that I didn't lose it. Anyway, so I had the saved email, and so I knew exactly like the ability to be able to pull it back up and just show, you know, like that I had written this whole little thing out. But mine was, of course, my thing is I can't preach a whole sermon. I don't have all that other stuff. I just have like one idea and maybe like a verse to back it up with, but nothing else. And so anyway, it was. It ended up being the exact place that Steve was talking about, and it ended up being just, it just worked out. I mean, it was the exact same thing that we were going to talk about. So. So this morning our goal is to preach a sermon together. So we talked about intercession in Sunday school. We might need some intercession. Do you know what I'm saying? Husbands and wives. But no. 
I'm going to pray um, for the word. We're going to be in Luke chapter 2 this morning, and I'm going to read some verses in just a moment. We're going to pray. I believe God is speaking this to our church. I, I sensed it through worship. I know that, that what's happened in our personal lives, I believe that God has a message for us this morning, and I don't want to miss what God is saying. Father, we thank you so much for your orchestration. We thank you that you are alive. We thank you that you speak, that you guide and direct. We thank you that you've given us the gift of the Holy Spirit, who's our counselor. He's our advocate. And God, we pray for your work to be accomplished this day. We ask your anointing would continue in this place. For myself, for Tam, Lord, we yield ourselves unto you, asking for your very anointing to speak through us. For the body of Christ who is here, God, I pray you give us the ears to hear and, 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 and to receive, God, everything that you're speaking to us this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Luke chapter 2, I'm going to start in verse 6. It says, while they were there, the time came for a baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and, and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping their watch over the flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Verse 17 says, When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Verse 19. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. That verse, uh, it, it happens in the beginning or the middle, I guess, of chapter 2. And, it, and it, it is going to happen again at the end of chapter 2. It's a discipline that Mary somehow has learned that in the midst of the moment, she stops and thinks, she ponders and treasures all that God is doing in her life. When Jesus was 12, every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. You hear that? Jesus is in Jerusalem. They left him for a day. Thinking he was in it, they began looking for him and their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. And after three days, 
the fountain in the temple court, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? If I didn't know Jesus better, I'd say he was a smart uncle, 12-year-old. But anyway, that's besides the point. But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. This morning I really want to push into the principle that Mary was teaching. I really want to push into these verses that talk about Mary treasured all these things in her heart. So as uh, Steve and I had just gotten done like kind of discussing where these occur at in the in the Bible, and we were a little bit just discussing my email that I had written myself or whatever I had sent to myself, we started talking about the different things and, you know, the, the different stories that we go through when we're in the actual story of how Christ's birth comes around. And so when we were discussing these things, um, I started pointing out certain stuff. And that's when Steve kind of noticed that I only focus on the positive things, that I didn't focus on some of the negative stuff, but I only focused on the positive. So I'm going to go through some of those positive points with you now. So if we start in Luke 1, 26 through 38, if you're looking that in your Bible, you'll see that it's the story of um, where Gabriel, the angel, is speaking to Mary. And this is the first account, you know, like, hey, you're going to have a baby where the angel is actually talking to her. Um, So (laughs) Gabriel tells Mary that she's going to have Jesus. So number one, as if it was me, if I was Mary, the things that I would be pondering on are, wow, this angel just came and visited me. Like, number one, that's just got to be a crazy thing anyway. An angel comes to visit you. And then she's told many different wonderful things. Those wonderful things include that you're a favored woman. You're going to have a child. Um, He'll be very great, son of the most high. Um, Give him the throne of his ancestor David. Reign over Israel forever. Kingdom will never end. Um, The Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you. A baby will be holy, and he's going to be the son of God. And um, your cousin Elizabeth is pregnant too. You know, like those are all the things that if I went back after this happened, I know my brain and how I function is I go through like everything. I mean, Steve can account to this, that if something happened during my day, I will like relive it until I figure out all the different pieces that, like, stick out to me. So for me, that's what I would have done. I would have looked at all these different things that the angel would have told me, all these positive things that would have just gone through my brain. If you go further, um, it'll be Luke 1, 39 through 30, or 45. Um, Mary is going to visit Elizabeth now. Um, so she's being called blessed, and there is a baby that is jumping in Elizabeth's womb. So this is her cousin, um, Elizabeth is about six months pregnant now, and uh, Mary goes to visit her. So the first words out of Elizabeth's mouth, well, first happens is Elizabeth's child leaps within her. It doesn't matter how little pregnant that she is, there was a recognition there that there was the Savior was in her already at this point with Mary. Have you seen that little meme or whatever that goes around on Facebook that, you know, like the first person to recognize that Jesus was king, was a baby in a womb. Has anybody ever seen that? 
Anyway, if you haven't, it's pretty cool. It does kind of make you think about it. So um, at the same time, that's happening. The baby jumps when she enters the room, and um, Elizabeth is going to speak to her, to Mary, and say that God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Um, why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. So again, me as a mom, I would probably remember all of those types of things that happen. And so we go a little further. Jesus is going to be born. Of course, what mom doesn't remember that experience? Um, And then the shepherds in Luke 2, verse 8, the shepherds were then told um, by angels in the field. They were told that Jesus has been born. And so then they go and tell everyone else. So in Luke 2, verse 16 through 20, we'll see that they go and tell not only Mary what happened to them in the field, but also they go around and tell what seems like the entire town. So they're just telling everyone what they just experienced. And so then if we continue on, you'll get to the story of Simeon. Again, these are all like the positive things that I bring out of these stories. So Simeon was the guy in the temple who like waited there. He was waiting for the Messiah. He tells um, Mary and Joseph that this child has, he's seen his, your salvation, all people, and that it will be a light to reveal God to all nations. It's the glory of your people. He told Mary um, that many will rise and that it's a sign from God. All things that he told um, that I would hold on to um, if I were Mary. And then Anna is another one, a lady that went to the temple. She was very old. Um, she came along just as Simeon was talking to Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. This is Luke 2:38. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. So not only did she recognize, but also some other stranger to them recognized as well that Jesus was going to be king. The wise men in Matthew 2:11, they entered the house, saw the child with his mother. Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Of course, that one is just a crazy one. Again, here's three strangers said they followed a star to your house, and I'm now going to worship your child and give him gifts. Those are all crazy things that I would take out as being very positive things that happened to my child. Um, Egypt, when, if you remember this part of the story, Joseph has... Um, dreams on several occasions, about three different occasions that he has a dream that tells them first to flee to Egypt, then get away from Egypt and go to like Jerusalem and then I guess Galilee, I think is how they traveled along. Um, So three different ones. They were spared their lives because Herod at that time was going to kill the two-year-olds and under. Um, So those three moments in time, they were just spared out of all that disaster. And then also in the temple, you have Jesus as the 12-year-old who says that I'm going to be, but why couldn't you find me? I'm in my father's house. So another, like, positive thing that I would be like, if I was Mary, I'd be trying to figure out what that exactly meant to me. So those were the thoughts that I had as I went through the nativity story and just thought, you know, what are the positive, like, those are the positive things that I pull out. I really don't focus very much on the negative. But we talked about there's perspective. And so my perspective could have looked quite, quite different, right? Mary's a young girl, somewhere 12, 16 years old. Angel shows up and screws up everything. 
I mean, she had plans. She had the wedding dress picked out. She knew what she was going to wear, the cake, all those things. Angel shows up and tells her she's pregnant. Can't even be that she's marrying the wrong guy, but she's pregnant. She talks to Joseph about being pregnant. And you know what? Joseph wasn't happy. How do I know that? Because it said he plotted to quietly divorce her. Divorce her. So Angel comes up, screws up my life. He screws up my relationship. If Joseph is judging his fiance, can you imagine what the town ladies are saying about her? But how many stories is she hearing about this little whatever floozy that runs around and sleeps with guys and then lies about an angel showing up? Yeah. She goes to her cousins, whatever. But then she's nine months pregnant and the census has to happen at this time? 75 to 90 miles? Can you imagine her ankles at the end of that trip? Seriously, why now? And Joseph's family couldn't even find a place for us to stay? Like, Come on, dude. Can't you provide for me? Whether it was his family or the end, there's not even a room you couldn't go ahead. You couldn't go on Expedia.com and get us a room when we got there at least. I'm nine months pregnant with a baby. Oh, yeah, every mom remembers delivery. Yeah, when it's next to a cow and it smells like crap. Excuse me. And the only place I have to put my baby is in a feeding trough. And God, he's God, he's good, you know. Who's he revealed this to? The shepherds? Man, they're weird people. The only people that want to be around them are the animals. They stink too. They weren't the the most prominent people in society. I mean, God, if you're going to have someone show up right now, talk to the king. Let him show up. But you send some shepherds? What story are you writing? Oh, Simeon, yeah, let's talk about Simeon. They can talk about my son, but you know what he told me? He told me that there was going to be a sword to my soul. Yeah. Huh. And then the kings did show up, and what did they bring? They brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Why not diapers, a bed, and some wipes, for crying out loud? What were they thinking? And then Joseph starts having these crazy dreams and we have to leave home. It took us forever to get back home from, 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 from there in the beginning. And now we're back home finally settling in. And now we've got to leave again because Herod's all crazy because these stinking wise men showed up at the house and they had to tell Herod before they came here. Why weren't they smart enough not to say something to Herod? Now we've got to go to Egypt for years. And then, maybe, I was recognizing how valuable this gift was. And I lost it. Well, mom feels good about leaving our 12-year-old son at the temple. Can we, like, leave this one out of the script? God gave me one job. It's to raise the Savior of the world. And I failed completely. Let's treasure all this stuff. In our heart. 
Let's ponder about all that's been done. You see, the reality is there's perspective that we have to bring in our lives. And we have a choice with how we perceive all that God is doing. One of the balances that I wanted to bring is not just the good or the bad, that we have to think about all the great things that God has done and forget about all the bad things in our life. But there's perspective in the good and the bad. The balance that my wife and I were having when we were talking, she was talking about all the great things that Mary treasured up. And I said, but what about the rest? What about the trials? What about the struggles? What about the hurts? What about the challenges where this wasn't lining up with what I imagined? She treasured what? All these things in her heart. I want to read some, some verses on, on perspective. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 6 says, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness. That is Christmas. The light of the world came. Made His light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show us that this all-surpassing power is from God and it's not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. Sometimes our perspective is defined by the darkness. We haven't allowed there to be any room for the light. And all we see are things through the lens of the darkness. All the trials, all the troubles, all the situations, all the circumstances, all the reasons why this cannot be the fulfillment of God's plan. But Christmas, Jesus Christ came as the light of the world. Brent shared a scripture in, in Sunday school. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. You and I, we have to begin to look at our lives through the lens of Christmas, through the lens of what God is accomplishing. Just before those verses, in, in, chapter, in verse 4 of that chapter, it says, the God of this age has blinded minds. There's an enemy who doesn't want you to see things the way God desires you to see them. There's an enemy, and the scripture describes him as darkness, that wants to keep you in darkness. And the problem we have is so many times we live in the darkness. We allow there to be something to write our story other than the author and finisher of all things. 
Matthew chapter 6 says, Don't store up for yourself treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be. And we've heard this verse, but watch this. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of... Give me healthy eyes. Give me healthy eyes. It doesn't say you only see the good in everybody. It doesn't say you only see the good things that happen, all those crazy moments with angels and stuff. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? We sang songs in worship. One was shine, Jesus, shine. The next one after that, so, so the next one right after that was blessed assurance where we sang, this is my story. The pattern that, that we need to have is we need to allow the light to shine before we begin to treasure in our heart all that's been done. Because the light shines, I begin to treasure what God is doing. Because of the light, I'm no longer in the darkness. And yeah, I might see how many hairs I lost, and how many hairs I've lost and, and how much my waist has grown. But at least I'm in the light and I'm seeing things through the lens of the light. Mary. She treasured. In her heart. If you treasure something, you see it as valuable. If you treasure something, you put it somewhere important. She treasured in her heart, all that God had done. Now for a pastor, this is the hardest moment a pastor will ever have to do. The conclusion of my sermon, I got to give to my wife. He didn't have to give it to me, number one. He could have very, very easily continued on. So, again, just that perspective. I mean, where your eyes are being healthy Sometimes having a little bad, just like bacteria in our mouth, kind of helps, you know, eat away at some of that food we eat. Sometimes having that bad in your life isn't necessarily all for bad. Sometimes having those bad things or those trials that we go through aren't necessarily the thing. It's just our perspective. If we're seeing our things with healthy eyes, with the right eyes, with the right mindset, with the right perspective, those are what's going to change the way the outcome is with the light that we see through our eyes, with the light, seeing it through Jesus' perspective or whatever you want to say, seeing those trials, those temptations, those things in our life, that's what shaped us into the people that we are today. I mean, you've heard songs, I'm thankful for the scars, because without them I, I wouldn't know who you are. I mean, how many people have testimonies of being in a place that was so rotten and so bad, but that's where they found God? Some of those trials are what they thank God for. 
because that's what shaped them and gotten them to the place that they are today. We can't necessarily forget and just, you know, totally disregard all that we were. But now it's the perspective of what we're doing from this point on. We have an entire life to live. We have an entire Christian life to live still. A life that if we see through the right lens, it'll help us in the future. There was a, a, you know, when I was looking and searching through this kind of stuff um, of just what this verse of what Mary pondered and treasured up in her heart could mean, there was a commentary. And the part that really kind of stuck up to me or stuck out to me was that he said, we should be more delivered from errors in judgment and practice. Did we more fully ponder these things in our hearts? You know, how much more could I be patient with my children, coworkers, um, people in our lives, if I just saw them through Christ's eyes? Husband. <laughs> oh, husband, yeah, sure. We're doing this together. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> how much more could I have done? How much would I have done differently had I seen it through the right perspective, had I have watched it through Christ's eyes, or if I would have treasured that person like Christ treasures them, would I have done something different? Would I have said something different? Those types of things, I think, are what Mary's really treasuring up and what's calling us to treasure. Like, you know, what started this whole thing for me was, you know, like being a mom and that whole piece of seeing things through the mom's eyes when I was talking about, you know, my section of positive stuff. When Mary treasures up those things in her heart, I mean, think back to your own children. You treasure up when they take their first steps or when they lose their first tooth, you know, like we're, you know, kind of in those types of things. But what if Christ looks at us the same way? That he treasures the moments when we actually make the step to follow him or when we take the moment to speak to somebody else and lead them to Christ too. I bet he treasures that because we are his treasure. And if we start seeing other people through the same eyes, or if we start treating them like we're going to treasure them, how much greater of a world we could live in. And as we close, you know, what people say is such a crappy year, you know, or whatever, of 2020. Just think of all the things that you've even been through. This whole life of 2020 that you've gotten through. You know, as we come to a close, as we start putting away all of our Christmas stuff, you know, I, we're going to ask you, to write down some of those things, the things that have gotten you through this year, the things that God has done in you, the way you've transformed, what you're treasuring right now in this life that you have right now. And then we have these little tags that we found, and they have space on the back of them. And so with that space, we want you to write those down. We want you to um, see the things that you'll treasure. And then it has like a little string, so it's going to be like an ornament if you want to, on your tree. Or hang it somewhere that you're actually going to see the things that mean something to you, that have changed you, have developed you into the person that you are. Because it's important. It's important to transform you. Sometimes looking back at a treasure or something brings back memories, just like ornaments do on our tree. You know, like our children's first birth or whatever, their first ornament, or all those types of things. Or one that's been passed down to you from a grandparent or something. They flood you with memories. And I want this to be something that floods you with memories and knowing that God treasures you, number one. Number one, he treasures you. And number two, that there are things that have gotten you to where you are today. And they shaped and formed you. And you're not going to just stay in those pasts. That's not what it's about. It's not staying in the past. It's about moving on in the future. And those are the types of things that we want you 
to write down on this and remember and treasure that this will be something that you can see, that you made it through 2020, and this is how you changed. And the other tag I'll just put on that, and you guys can come up and play a little bit of music in the background, um, is we often wonder, how did Mary make it through Jesus on the cross? How does a mother make it through that moment on the cross? And had it not been for the treasures, she wouldn't have been with the disciples in the upper room. Had it not been for the discipline of treasures, who knows how she gets through that moment. And so do, uh, they can lead us in a song. We'll put these up here. There's some pens as well. Um, As you feel compelled, uh, but take a moment and, and stop and think. Take a moment to ponder in your heart. And allow yourself to express it. You might say, I'm not a writer. That's fine. Don't write it down. Draw a picture. That's why I tell my kids, you can't write it down. Just draw a picture. Something that will call it back to your memory so that when you're in that moment, you know, we store away stuff in our safe. Why? So if something happens, we've got some money, some means that we need. God has given you incredible blessings. God spoke a blessing to you this morning. If you don't know what else to say, say, God promised me this morning that He loves me. If you don't know what else to say, God promised me. Deuteronomy chapter 28. He would bless my flocks. He would bless my lambs. He would bless my children. Father, we come to You in Jesus' name. And we thank you for this word. And we thank you for the model and scripture we have in Mary's life. And God, whatever you're speaking to me, whatever you're speaking to us, whatever you're speaking to, to, to everyone in this room concerning God, this discipline, concerning God, this opportunity, I pray that we stop, that we can think. We can think about the good. We can think about the bad. We can think about the victories. We can think about the defeats. But we see the light of the world in the midst of it all. And we walk in light and not darkness. God, help us to respond in Jesus' name. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose, child of God, the ones that He loves. For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. God works all things together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. God is working all things together in your life. All things that you might be justified. All things that you might be glorified because you are a child of God. Amen? Treasure all these things in your heart. The Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May He turn His face towards you and grant you His peace. And may you treasure all these things in your heart.
Be blessed. You guys can sing again. And if you continue to write, we'll let the sanctuary continue to be sanctuary. If anyone has a need this morning, I want an opportunity to pray with you as your pastor. If you have a need in your life, we'll do that in this moment as well. Be blessed.